0: Thanks for hanging out with us on Halloween. Seasonal affective disorder is a very real thing. And we're fortunate today because we're joined in the studio by therapist Megan Anderson. It's com. Megan, thank you so much for spending some time with us.
1: Oh, Thank you so much for having me.
0: I want to ask you about seasonal affective disorder because I think a lot of people say, well, I don't like winter, you know, man, it's it's not good for me either. I miss the sunshine. And so maybe I don't feel so great. Oh, yeah. But seasonal affective disorder is a real thing for many people, isn't it? Can you tell us about it?
1: Yeah, it absolutely is a real thing for a lot of folks. Um, and I think, too, to start, I think most of us are going to experience winter blues every single year. Mm-hmm. So I would say that when I think about people who come into my practice or just even thinking about other people in my life, all of us would probably say each year at a certain point, we hit our breaking point with winter. Um, We might feel pretty restless. We might feel suffocated. We're missing the things that we used to do. But for folks with seasonal affective disorder, this is taking on a different element and a different level of severity. Um, So we're going to start seeing the same symptoms you'd see with anybody who has diagnosable depression with seasonal affective disorder. It just has a seasonal pattern to
2: it. Is it self-diagnosed at times where people wonder, I I don't know, something's just affecting me different? Then you have to sort of diagnose whether it really is the case or not. I'm sure some cases perhaps are a little more severe than others.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think one thing that we see more and more, and this will come as no surprise given how social media has changed over the years, but a lot of times I have people coming in almost diagnosing themselves with that label before I've even given a chance mm-hmm. to see what sort of symptoms are you exhibiting and does this mean actually criteria for a diagnosis?
0: Can it be an entryway into something more severe? Can you have seasonal affective disorder and so you're not feeling good and you're just not in a great space? Spring comes and you're still in that bad space?
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. So you might see that. And we usually see those later months of the winter when the symptoms are actually becoming much more severe. Um, So even some folks are going to start actually exhibiting symptoms in September around the 21st when we have the fall equinox and we see a pretty rapid change in daylight at that time. Of course, we're going to see that again this weekend with the mm-hmm. end of daylight savings. So it's, symptoms are going to ramp up for more people or they'll start experiencing some of their first symptoms. But come the end of the winter, I think for most people, is going to start to alleviate. Those symptoms should start to alleviate. Um, but one other interesting little fact is some people even have seasonal affective disorder in the summer.
0: Oh, that's interesting. I was
1: just
2: going to ask you this: like, yeah. Does this happen to people in San Diego? Does it? You know, yeah. there are certain regions of the country you might see it more. But I think at the foundation level, it's change, yeah. it's transition, yep. and not everybody handles that well. It could yeah. be a job, it could be a lifestyle change, or in this case, seasons.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. So the element of change in and of itself is a huge deal for folks. I mean, that's what brings a lot of people to therapy. And so a season is still a life transition. It's just one that happens at a much more frequent rate than others, perhaps. Um, But you do see people all across the nation experiencing seasonal affective disorder, even people who are living closer to the equator where they have more daylight savings. Um, So we do think a part of it is daylight related, but part of it too is just, it's change. It's change in our life and that's hard.
0: Therapist Megan Anderson is with us. So People also get diagnosed with depression, and people also get anxiety in September and in October at the same time of the year. How do you know if it's depression or another disorder or if it's seasonal affective disorder?
1: Yeah, so I think one of the distinguishing elements there would probably be, historically speaking, have you noticed this happen to you before? You know, and so one of the beautiful things sometimes with my clients, especially if I've been working with them for a handful of years, I mean, I have notes that are sitting on my lap and we'll go back and we'll say, hey, were we talking about this last year? Um, So if we start to see a historical pattern that's happening multiple years in a row, I would absolutely consider that to be the diagnosis that's appropriate. Um, but for other people, I'd probably be looking at something else. Maybe it's an unspecified anxiety disorder. Or maybe we're just talking about general depression.
2: Yeah, Some people maybe like the snow today. Some people were like, oh, no, this right. is where it starts. But yeah. I, it, can it be can, and seasonal? Can seasonal mean not just fall to winter or winter to spring, but can it be holiday season? Yeah. Right. So your anxiety ramps up as you start to get into into uh, November, and it's, you know, we got to spend money on this and that, we got to buy gifts, and there's places to go and people to see, and does that just sort of ramp up anxiety as well?
1: I absolutely think it does. However, it could also have a really helpful effect. People find it really helpful to be that busy, that engaged in life. And so when January rolls around and all of a sudden things are really quiet and you're settling into sort of this hibernation season, Mm -hmm. it can be particularly hard. So do I think it's helpful sometimes and for some folks for sure, but I think other times it can be something that – adds stress and creates its own level of anxiety. It takes on its own life form.
0: So Megan, the good news is that it's very treatable, right? Is seasonal affective disorder treatable? Oh
1: yes, absolutely it is. I mean, I think a number of us at this point have heard about light boxes. Those have their own complicated measures to them. And I think it's worth talking to a provider about that in depth. Um, but we can also talk about medications. Those are worthwhile exploring at this time of year with seasonal affective disorder, um, but also just maybe being a little bit more intentional about seeking out a therapist if you've talked to him before or if you haven't before and just knowing you're going to have to take care of yourself in a different way than you would during summer.
2: So where do you start? What's step number one if people are driving around or listening thinking, I might have this, I might need to talk to somebody? How do you begin the process?
1: Yeah, so I I would say do some extensive research. Don't be shy around researching your therapist. Pick some people that stand out to you. Have conversations with them. What we know actually makes therapy effective rather than the way the therapist practices is actually the relationship you have with them. That's Mm -hmm. so crucial. And so that's where I would tell people to start is really find someone that feels like a good fit for you.
0: we got to let you get out of here, but I want to yep. ask you one more question. We talk about mental health a lot on our show. Yeah. COVID and what we've come through the last four years. Did you see a distinct upturn in the status of people's mental health?
1: Without a doubt. That is super clear. I think the research shows that, but I think also if you were to look at anecdotal accounts of therapists, our practices have changed without a doubt.
0: She is Megan Anderson. Check it out at Therapist and a couch.com. This was so interesting. Megan, thank you so much for spending some time with us.
1: Thanks so much for having me.